You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Thanks for downloading the pod. That's a big thing now, David. I think it's silly. I, pod. Yeah, they're calling podcasts. Uh, now, are they talking about episodes or are they talking about the like, their show is a oh, pod? I think, I think the idea is, is that the show is still a podcast, but each episode is called a pod. Which I don't, I don't get it. No, because it should be called a cast. Because you would put, you know, something in a pod. Yeah, and not only that, the word podcast came from you running, uh, listening to these things on an iPod, which nobody does anymore. Right. So why would you want to kind of emphasize that point of the name? Right. It's, it's fine for legacy reasons, but to try and, well, as I say, I don't get it. But all right, I, so we'll start over. Yeah. <laughs> tech, tech fam. Number 289, welcome to the cast. No, see, that doesn't like work that. either. Yeah, but, I mean, the, the cast. The cast of what? The play? The movie cast? Well, you know, English is full of these words with multiple meanings. you just got to roll with it. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah. So last week, you know, you were all excited about, I'm getting high-speed internet access. I know. I know. So you're all jacked up. You're so happy now, right? No. No? So I sat in all Monday morning, and the guys turned up on time. They are very good. They kind of put up a pole really high. My my house is really high. It's three stories, and then it has a very steep pitch roof on as well. And then we're halfway up a hill. So I figured line of sight issues weren't going to be a problem. So they, they turned up outside, and they put a, an antenna on a really long telescopic pole up, and they point it towards the transmitter and say, yeah, we've got a signal. It's fine, but we'll have to go high. So I said, okay, so stick it up on the roof. So um, that wasn't an easy thing for them to do, but they got it up there, got it all working, hooked a laptop up to it, and they had a brilliant signal, but they couldn't get any data through it. Really? And um, they tried everything they could, and they spoke to the network guys to make sure that the network was working properly, and turns out that radio is hard particularly kind of the sort of type beam radio that, that this thing is it's a 5.8 gigahertz um, band they use which is what here in the UK is called partially licensed spectrum yeah so I got it the, yeah it's actually the it's regulated because, lightly regulated because that's actually used by weather radar and uh, some military radar systems so what happens is when you apply to operate in an area the um Office of Communications, the regulator checks to make sure nobody else is using it in your area and then lets you use it. And uh, this is what it is. But it is susceptible to some um, it can be affected by uh, vegetation if the signal is trying to go through vegetation and also it can be affected by the angle with which you're looking at the transmitter and they figured that's actually what my problem was was the uh, aerial on the transmitter is pointed to cover the most users in a particular area and i was on the very edge of that sector which meant that it wasn't really quite pointing straight enough at, at me to get a, a decent signal through or certainly to get de decent data throughput and um that was it. So they said, sorry about that. We'll give you your money back. And they packed this stuff up and they went away and left me with my unfortunately slow DSL instead. So they called me the other day and, you know, they're very apologetic about it. And uh, I said, look, you know, if you put more transmitters up, presumably this problem will go away. And they said, yes, but obviously, um, you know, we only do that based on overall network demand. So we'll keep you on file. And if we think your situation changes, we'll give you a call. 
And they probably will because was, they want money. Ah, uh, well, I I imagine if they if they need to put in another transmitter to cover more people, and I fall into the coverage of that second transmitter, then I'd imagine I get the service at the same price. If it if I want no, to I mean up just no, I mean then, they want more money, i.e., they want more customers, i.e., yeah, they'll yeah, eventually exactly. put more out. Everything is a cost benefit model, isn't it? So yeah. they're only going to put up. I mean, what putting up a transmitter station with backhaul, fiber backhaul to it is not a cheap thing to do. No. We're talking many thousands of pounds to do that and uh, they're only going to do that, they're going to get a return from more than just money. So and what like, you do like is you, you fire up uh, pages on your Mac, you mix up some flyers that you can distribute to all your neighbors. Did you know we can get high-speed internet? Not this crap that we've got right now. I mean, you could take more of a proactive role and get it done, man. Yeah, the problem is people have done that in the past. They've distributed flyers right across the estate, and uh, you know people are lazy, so they've had very little take up. Um, you know, <laughs> we've, there's been a, on the Facebook page for the estate. There's been a big fuss over the last couple of weeks because they put a a speed hump in at the entrance to the uh, to the housing estate to because people were you know they were kind of using it like a tra- like a racetrack yeah there's only one way in and out so basically as soon as they got onto the estate where they thought it was quiet they were kind of racing around it was a little bit dangerous and uh people went crazy because oh i didn't see the speed bump and i scraped the bottom of my car and it's too high and all this sort of thing and i couldn't see it because all the lights are out down there uh, and my wife, at my request, because obviously, as you know, I don't do Facebook, uh, she posted back on there saying, well, have you reported the lights not working to the council? No, I haven't. I Why should I have to do that? And, it, you know, it's this thing. People like to bitch on the Internet, but actually doing anything about something is not something a lot of people are keen to get involved with. That is a fact. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, it really is a fact. So, um, no, I'm, I'm talking to you too to you from my office today because um, yeah, my internet home is just not really good enough for this sort of thing, particularly when there are other people in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the plus side, we've just rented an extra meeting room in the office, so uh, I now have a quiet space I can record every week when I'm here, so mm-hmm. that's good. I'm quite looking forward to another fire alarm myself. No, you're not going to get that here. Um, the fire alarm here is in the morning and... Um, the home office one is is in the afternoon and I'm, I'm not i'm not often in the home office on a friday so so last week something kind of went weird we were reading feedback last week yeah and GarageBand kind of flaked out on us because mm-hmm. as soon as i started reading the email or you did one of us it skipped ahead and then it skipped ahead again and it like repeated the same thing like twice it was weird listening to mm-hmm. it back i don't know what happened I, you know, it was GarageBand definitely though. I've said to you before in in my GarageBand's a great editing program, but in in my opinion, unless you're doing big studios like music stuff, it's a bit of a sledgehammer to crack a nut for podcast recording. Yeah, you know, maybe a little bit um, because it 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 fails a lot. It's doing a lot of things and it stops working. Yep. I still I still wish that. You know, we have these iPad Pros now that are hugely powerful, as powerful as a MacBook, and yet, because of the limitations of iOS, you can't record a Skype conversation or a um, any. Well, you can't record anything that's running kind of out to the internet on a, on an iPad. And it's just, it drives me crazy. Yeah, it's stupid. Because you know what? That would be so much more reliable. Yeah, it would. Well, I don't know, would it? 
I think it would. I think it would. I think I, I think iOS as a system is built to be more stable than the Mac. Um, it's it's doing less things in the background. It's it's all lot about optimizing the you know the processes it's doing and and kind of freezing everything else. That's what saves the power on the system. I'm sure that um, if you were able to do that on the on iOS on an iPad, it would be it would be uh, better than doing it on the Mac. Could be right. You know, and I you know I all this fuss about what's happening with the Mac and everything. I do wonder at the back of my mind is is whether actually there are low power arm Macs coming running you know some version of OS 10 that um, are going to supplant the low end and that's why the Mac Pro MacBook Pros and everything have gone so expensive because they've got new product coming at the bottom end that's going to be radically different we'll find out one way or another I guess yeah yeah we had a we had an interesting back and forth with John Nemo on online the other day um, and he had somebody who who has a 2012 Mac mini which is slow and apparently he's not interested in upgrading the internals to it and wants to know what to buy and uh, he seemed this this guy seems to be under the impression that come uh, March or April Apple's going to release new Mac minis and um, I think that's a long shot but you know somebody in that position it's kind of tough because what do you recommend to him <laughs> there's I not a lot there the, the, the most recent Mac mini I wouldn't recommend that because basically it's a cut down MacBook Air and it's not a great machine for the money they charge you I don't think there's a great unless you're looking at a, a brand new laptop a high end one there's really not a lot in Apple's product line that I could highly recommend this is the, well I, I I came back and said look really um, if the guy wants a new desktop Mac today he has to buy an iMac yeah you know and even then I mean what I I, I, I got an older iMac from OWC MacSales.com because it was faster. It was it was just better than what Apple was offering, especially for the price. Yeah, and and again, I I think to anybody anybody who was looking for a Mac today, I would I would also say to them, say, have a look at maybe something two three years old, yeah, rather than something new, because you'll you'll spend. And this guy actually was looking at apparently a refurb Mac Mini, but it was like still seven hundred fifty dollars, and that's for the one that's basically a jumped up MacBook Air, and that's not a great machine for that sort of money. Mm-mm. You know. Hey, did you see uh, Disney release the the title for the new Star Wars movie? And the internet exploded. Right, right. No, I think I, it's kind of we, a cool name, The Last Jedi. Yeah, I. Th- the problem is, uh, and I did this with Rogue One, and I was glad that I did. Kind of about ten months before it came out. Oh, looks like I lost David. So let me pause GarageBand and see what's going on. Oh, there he is. Yep, yep, he's gone. You there? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, I didn't hear anything you just said. Okay. Want to try it again? I'll say it again then. Yeah, why not? <laughs> I before Rogue about ten months before Rogue One came out last year, I just stopped reading anything to do with it because I just don't want the magic to be spoiled, and I don't want to read fifteen or twenty fan theories about what the Last Jedi means. No, and, I agree. I haven't you know, been doing that either. Looping in, they, they'll you know they'll loop in. Oh well, I saw you know I heard this reference in Star Wars Rebels, which nobody understood uh, two years ago, which explains it and it means this and that. I don't want to. I don't want that. You know, preconceived notions. I, I you know yeah. I just I just want to find out when I go and see the movie. I like to speculate. 
like you and I talking, but not based on any facts or anything. Just <laughs> just talking about we're, it. You know what I mean? We're, we're the Donald Trump of tech podcasts. <laughs> no, let's not <laughs> even go there. Let's speculate, not on facts. Uh, no, I exactly exactly what you mean. Yeah, you don't want somebody who has real arcane deep knowledge of no. the subject because they're likely to get it right, and then it's it goes from speculation to being a spoiler. Exactly. Like I, I the one thing I did like was I I heard that the last film is going to be called From His Nap. And NAP from his nap. From his nap. Yeah. Is this a joke? Well, no, because if you take, you know, the Force Awakens and then this new one and then the last one and put them all together, it makes perfect sense. Did you do it yet? No. The Force Awakens, the Last Jedi, from his nap. Yeah. (laughs) See, I think it makes perfect sense when you. When you lay it out logically like that, no. Um, well, yeah, but you, I mean, you could go with with a jump. No, <laughs> it was definitely it was definitely a nap. I mean, if you saw uh, Luke at the end of the Force Awakens, I mean, he was kind of ticked <laughs> off because you know it, it awoke him from his nap. I think if you look at the way these these the arcs of these epic trilogies, trilogies tend to go, it would be a pretty dead certainty to say that the uh, subtitle of the final one would be "Before He Dies." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, spoiler. Yeah, spoiler. <laughs> I am kind of curious on what they're going to do with Carrie Fisher because. I, I'm not going to call it spoilers because my understanding is she had a hugely pivotal role in the last movie, not the one they just filmed that's coming out this year, uh, episode nine. Yeah, well, typically the way Hollywood deals with that is if, if when an, an actor dies and they don't want to recast and they have a script where it was a huge pivotal role, they give it to a script polisher who basically transfers that motivation to a different character. I wonder how they're going to handle her death, though. Or, or the, even will they? Will they just, well, she went off to this planet to live happily ever after. You know, keeping, at least in Star Wars fans' mind, Princess Leia is still alive out there. But I, I don't think they're going to do that. I, I think they have to acknowledge that something happened. I think, look, Leia is a, Leia's force is as, supposed to be as um, force-powerful as nearly as Luke is. Right. Right, because they're from the same bloodline, they're twins, right? So what they should do is just halfway through the next movie, without saying anything to anybody, they should just turn her performance into a force ghost performance. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) You know, from one scene to the next, one scene she's really there, and the next scene when you see her, she's a force ghost, and just nobody bats an eyelid. (laughs) And they just do it like that. Yeah. And in the the final movie, she can do her, her, retain her pivs role, but um, they can do it all using CGI. They already said they're not going to bring Leia back a CGI character. Well, they're not going to do what? that. They they only just got away with it with Peter Cushing, and you know. Yeah, but that took thirty I, I, years before they can only get away with it. I I think. Yeah. As much as everyone liked Peter Cushing, Star Wars fans in particular, Carrie Fisher was. You can't touch that. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I think part of the problem with it that took me out of, of what they did with Peter Cushing is that Peter Cushing was a fantastic actor. Yeah. Yeah. And so you know, it's it's hard enough to 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 do something which really has never been done to that level before, which is take a pivotal character in a movie and recreate them exactly using CGI. You know, just a human to make it convincing enough that the average person wouldn't notice that it's computer generated but then you've got to put peter cushing's performance into it and maybe that's why it took me out because i know a lot of people have said oh i didn't even realize it was that was cgi for me i noticed straight away but maybe that's because i'm much more familiar with his work and i, I know it wasn't him right away I, number one i knew no, he, i knew he passed he but it, even then it was jarring it was like oh wow look they made a cgi peter cushing his mouth doesn't look right when he talks and his blinks weird or something. It just, it, it was more unrealistic to me than Jar Jar Binks was. Well, I tell you what, it's for me as well, uh, it was the same. I, in fact, I just saw, uh, they have Grand Moff Tarkin in Star Wars Rebels, right. which is a full CGI cartoon show. And I just watched the first episode of season three yesterday and he was in that. And I thought, the, the way they, they did him in here is, is kind of the same. It, weirdly static. Mm-hmm. You know, he just sits there and he, nothing moves except for his mouth. And it's really odd. And um, I, don't, I don't, you know, I think they're trying to portray the fact that, that Tarkin is a incredibly controlled and deliberate character who thinks about everything he does by, you know, and that mean, that comes out in a sense of stillness. But it just, it just doesn't, it's not right. Yep, I agree. It's not right at all. It felt, I don't know. It just wasn't that. That took me out of Rob or uh, Rogue One, and yeah. then it, I thought that the Princess Leia one at the end was even worse. Yeah, that one was like, oh, that's she, not good. They, she, they, she kind of looked, you know, when you watch the old series of um, Star Trek, mm-hmm. and whenever whenever the camera focuses on the on, on kind of the uh, you know the female the female guest of the week. You know the space princess, whatever they always had, like Vaseline on the screen to make it to give her like this soft glow. Yeah, I thought that I thought she looked a little bit like that in Rogue One. Yeah, she she looked you know. like she looked like the shapeshifter Odo was making her himself <laughs> look like Princess Leia. That's Odo. Look at the eyes and mouth. Come on, that's Odo. <laughs> yeah, it just goes to show that you know we are that people forget that we are so practiced at recognizing real people because that's what we do all the time and it, and it's it's something that's innate it's subconscious in everybody there's so much of what we do that's subconscious yeah and it's really hard to to recreate that because it is subconscious so you, you know as an artist you have to uh, cgi artist as a director whatever you have to make decisions about how you want that performance to work and you're trying to recreate something that you know, it's subconscious, and people don't know how 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 it's done. And you so don't even know what's wrong; you just know it's not right. Yeah. Exactly. When I look at that Peter Cushing performance, it's brilliant in every respect. But I don't buy it. Why don't I buy it? I don't know. It just didn't feel right. It was he didn't look real. Well, what his skin? No, his skin looked perfect. His eyes? No, his eyes looked perfect. His hair looked. Yeah. Everything was perfect, except his mouth didn't quite. The mouth was wrong. They call this the uncanny valley because apparently this is a this is a well known problem in robotics, which is, um, 
you know you always end up with the, the the harder you try to recreate something the more obvious it is that it's fake yeah um so there as it's one of the big things in you know you've got a show like westworld as one of them probably the most unbelievable bits of it is that you could create robots that are so perfect that people wouldn't know they were robots you know they wouldn't be fooled yeah because because that is really really tough but it is the future <laughs> so yeah i don't know I, I i'm looking forward to it i think it's a cool name the last jedi um Almost sounds like it should be the last movie, though. Yeah, well, <laughs> this is the weird thing is, I, I mean, in some respects, I mean, we talked about this when we talked about the Force Awakens. It was kind of weird that they kind of opened with, okay, so thirty years later, <laughs> the Empire, you know, the Empire's on the way back up again after winning this big victory. Luke went through some stuff and then decided he was just going to bugger off and leave everyone to it. Yep. Uh, and look at the state he's left the galaxy in. Um, for somebody who who kind of is meant in that trilogy, he's meant to be the savior of the galaxy, which he did. Somebody, yeah, it's kind of odd that somebody somebody with that kind of thing would go. Oh, you know what? I'm done. And well, they I didn't was, call him. I the... know it's going to go really, really bad, but I don't care. Well, he saved the galaxy. They didn't call him the rebuilder. Once you've saved the galaxy, it's strongly implied that your absence would allow the galaxy to become unsaved. I think. Hmm. No. I don't know. Well, look what happened. He disappeared, and uh, planets start blown up again. That's on him. Is it? I think it is. I think that's what will happen. Is Ray will give him his lightsaber back, <laughs> and then just say, "By the way, you weren't around." Fifteen billion people got blown up, and he'll just turn the lightsaber on, cut off his own head, and that's what the last young. Well, so much for The Last Jedi. That's why the next movie starts immediately after this oh, yeah. last one ended. Yeah, uh, you know what? If they did that, that would be hilarious. If he, if he committed Jedi seppuku because basically he felt like such a failure. <laughs> and Ray is starting to go, what the hell do I do now? You know what? <laughs> Chewie comes up and picks his head up and... A, Chewy. R2 has a nervous you breakdown. Know, I, always, I always feel Chewy gets a bit of a rough ride in the movies. You know, he's meant to be this really cool... He is this really cool character, and yet, you know, he's... He's he's kind of put down as the perpetual sidekick. Yeah. You know, always the bridegroom, never the bride. Well, did you see <laughs> he the... Never gets, he never gets a proper scene. He never gets... He even gets subtitles, so anyone doesn't know what the hell he's saying. Right. Yeah. And you know he's got he's got the bowcaster, he's got the bandolier, he's the expert pilot, the expert mechanic, and you know he comes from a, a cool place, yeah. And yet he's basically he's just filler in the background. He's just somebody for hand to talk to. Yeah. You know, I he's like really, he's really underserved. <laughs> even even goddamn C three PO gets a better he does gets better props than Chewie and does. That, and I, and. Uh, you know, everyone acts like 3PO is this beloved character. If you could bring any of the non-human characters from Star Wars to life, that would be the last one. Yeah, Such a prissy little... Uh, yeah, ugh. You know, I, I, I played through um, uh, the, the Lego Star Wars game on my iPad over the last few weeks. And pretty much every time 3PO was on the screen, I took the opportunity to cut his arms off with a lightsaber. Right. 
<laughs> yeah. I don't blame you. Three, everybody gives Jar Jar a hard time. The 3PO, 3PO is was our Jar, Jar Jar. Yeah. We, yeah. He comes on screen and you're like, ugh. The only redeeming quality is usually he's on screen with R2 and everyone loves R2. So there you go. There's a theme. We love chewing R2, but we don't actually know what they're ever saying. Yeah. Can't understand a word they're saying. Huh. There's something in there. There's a... Yep. There's something... A, I don't know. Now, let's take a quick break, and uh, David and I will be right back. It's autumn. No, no, Gaz, it's no, no, fall. No, no, that wasn't, no, 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 that was, it's got to be quicker than that. Okay. It's autumn. Gaz, no, 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 it's fall 2016. And they're still going. In spite of whether you like it or not. The G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. Color order. No, that doesn't make any sense. (laughs) (laughs) I think you could probably edit those a bit closer and edit that out. But that doesn't make any sense leaving that color order. Color (laughs) order. Well, I I, I just think that it goes along with the show. Okay. (laughs) No, keep people will be guessing. Saying, everybody will be saying, what's that bit at the end? <laughs> They'll be saying, did you listen to the last MyMac.com podcast? <laughs> Back here on Tech Fan Podcast 289, I'm Tim Robertson. He is David Cohen. And we want to thank our sponsor this week, MacSales.com. David, one of the things that... I've been doing with my computer setup here at home for many years now, many years, over a decade, is I don't buy enclosed hard drives for my backups and my archiving. I buy raw hard drives, just bare, bare, bare naked. Got to draw the bottoms on them even. They're just bare yep. naked. And I have been using a, from newer technology, which is owned by MaxSales.com, a Voyager S3 for many years. It's a single-slot external uh, hard drive enclosure, but it's not an enclosure. You slide your hard drive you know, down inside of it, and it just sticks up like a piece of toast in a toaster. Yeah. Because you can get bare hard drives pretty cheap. I mean, not oh, expensive at all. Yeah. I mean, the problem with, with having one in a case is immediately it kind of constrains you as to what you can do with it. Yeah. The advantage of having a bare one and, and something like this is that you can use it as an external drive or uh, and any time you want, you can then stick it inside a computer and, yep. and use it there. So it's great for cloning machines and managing data and that sort of thing. Well, I've got Lazy. I've got my entire media library running off one. So I've got this bare hard drive that's almost always in the dock. The problem with that is I have to eject that and put in the other drives when I want to do, say, my photos backup or my media backup or, you know, what have you. Well, OWC has a product product called, that's going to solve this problem for me, called the Drive Dock. And they've got two versions of this. Now, what's cool about the Drive Dock is you can put two hard drives in this thing at once instead of just one. And it can be either the 2.5 or the 3.5-inch drive. So you just pop it into the top, and they both mount. They both have their own separate power sources. Um, the USB the USB one is only sixty eight seventy five, and the Thunderbolt two one, which will be a whole lot faster, which is uh, two thirty nine fifty. Honestly, the USB drive one 
will suit my needs really, really well. And you know what? USB 3.1 is amazingly fast. I mean, yes, Thunderbolt is faster, but it's not double the speed or anything like that. It's probably about 15, 20% faster. But if you can copy 10 gigabytes in about 30 seconds, okay, so you're going to get that extra 20%. Unless you have a really demanding application or you want to daisy chain these things, then USB 3.1 will be fine. Yep. You know what I'm doing? You're ordering one. I'm ordering one right now as we talk. Because yeah. I've been meaning to do it, and I put it off. The Voyager works great, by the way. I yeah. I don't not need it, but I had a company pay me a little bit of money for an ad. And uh, this is, they've got free shipping. It's going to take like three or four days to get here, but I don't care. I don't need it tomorrow. And yeah, $68 for the... Uh, 6875 Continue. I'm on PayPal. Uh, and ship to this address. Yep. My phone number. Yep. Do I need assistance? Well, no. I'm not going to subscribe because I already have. And place my order. Oh, shipping method. Free Mac Sales Super Saver. Shipping di- shipping time three to five days. Uh, so we'll save that. Uh, Mac Sales Super Save. Typically seven to ten days or less for delivery. No, that's fine because I know where it's shipping from. It's it's not far, so. Yeah. Processing. Processing. Isn't that from a movie? And Processing. There's, in the um, time I've been talking, I ordered one. Excellent. Done. I have one on the way. I, I should probably get I should probably get something like this as well, because I have a network-attached storage device here in the office, and I got told off the other day because... It's not um, proved for our security policy to have our own devices directly connected to the network. Well, I had to disconnect it, and so now I don't have access to my storage. I should, I should get something like this. Yeah, I figure less than seventy bucks. I'm gonna, it's gonna be daily use for me, and this way I don't have to remove my media drive. I just yeah. one of the other ones. I pop that out and pop it in. Now I should say as well. Um, if you if you want one of these but you don't need two slots, the Voyager is with brilliant. USB three is currently on sale for only thirty dollars. Twenty nine. Well, I should have just bought one of those. <laughs> well, bought another one. Yeah. No, actually, it, <laughs> I didn't, it doesn't work because bucks, so. yeah. But the reason I wouldn't want to do that because I don't want two of these on my desk. Yeah. Because quite honestly, I already have one of these. I've got the Voyager and I've got another brand. That is in a box. I, so I could have just pulled that out and put it on my desk, and that yeah, solves my problem. Plug, plug two Woolworths in. and Exactly. And then I've got something else on the desk, and the other one's actually bigger than the Voyager. So this solves my problems. I'm, <clears throat> I can still cancel my order, but I'm not going to because I want one. I, I always regretted not buying one on my employee discount while I was there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think... Honestly, though, I, they didn't have the USB one when I worked there. Just the Thunderbolt 2. No, it was U, USB 3. It's relatively recent, isn't it? So, yeah. So, yeah. good price. So, yep. be like Tim and go buy one of these. So, David, let's get into our feedback. Of course, we love feedback from people. Very easy to do. You can send us an email, show at techfanpodcast.com. Or hit us up on Twitter. It's uh, at TechFanPodcast. I'm going to actually bring up TweetDeck and see. Uh, here's the thing, though. A lot of people hit me up on Twitter for TechFan, but they do it through the at MyMac 
because mm-hmm. I'm much more active there on, you know. Uh, but we did get some uh, we did get some feedback on Twitter recently, uh, going, going way back to uh, January sixth. Donnie Yankalo sent us a picture about his portable game system, and it's the old Super Mario Brothers Game and Watch. Mm-hmm. That's it was pretty cool. Retro Mario Runner from when he was a kid, and it still works. It's a cool looking little. I was I I you know I remember when I was at at primary school so this would have been I was about eight yeah Game and Watch hit and um, they were they were crazy popular if you had one of those you would be in the playground every single uh, break time and you would be surrounded by a crowd of kids and that, you know, the one kid got the um, the Donkey Kong one with the two screens right yep folded over and everything and that was the bomb yeah yeah. You know that was uh, I'd you know what if I saw one of those on eBay that was in good condition of work today I'd still buy one of those. John Belton hit us up on uh, my birthday January eighteenth and he says he just listened to Tech Fan two eighty seven so two episodes again and he says try at wire as an alternative to Skype which is funny because I got that and saw that after we recorded the last episode but hadn't released it yet mm-hmm. or I had just posted it and so I actually sent a reply. Um, I said, uh, you should really listen to the new episode, Tech Fan 288, The Image. And uh, I had a link to it. Well, John wasn't the only person to see that message, David. The Wire's head of marketing saw yep. that message, too. Yep, and, and uh, uh, he wrote in. Yeah, he said, hi, Tim. Just listened to the latest episode of Tech Fan and super chuffed that you were tested and talked about Wire. It means tons for our small team to hear such a vote of confidence. Cheers from Berlin, where most of the team is based. And if you ever have any questions about Wire, then fire away. And that's from uh, CM Teller, the head of marketing at Wire.com. So thank you very much. It's yeah, We're using you. it right now so again. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I still like it better than Skype right now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and there's lots of... Uh, additional things that we like about it we were talking about the fact that um when we pa- when we send messages and pastings to each other as, as part of our kind of show show working here um it's much clearer to see on the wire client than it ever is in skype where it's always absolutely tiny yep so yes um, it, and it keeps formatting and everything it looks good yeah yeah it does and uh, it even gives a preview of links that you put in there yeah which skype doesn't do doesn't so, do at all so this is nice. I, we'll keep trying it. Now, that doesn't exclude us from trying another service in the future because I, I plan on doing that. I want to explore what's the right solution for us. But for right now, I wire is just working. Um, and there's a lot to be said for that. Yeah. And, and it's complete. I mean, ultimately, cross-platform. They have a client for pretty much everything, and they have a web client as well. So it really is. Um, I like the fact that you know I can pick up any of my multitude of devices to do the show, and uh, and it would work. So that's cool. Yep. Uh, we talking, also talk. Go ahead. Talking multitude of devices. I'm talking to you on a new device. Yeah. I'm using a Microsoft Surface 3. Ooh, let's talk about that here in a few minutes. Let's yeah. finish up with our feedback first. Mm-hmm. Mr. Jump so, in the Gun. So <laughs> <laughs> Who's running this show anyway? That's what you're saying. Well, a couple people, uh, Brendan, for instance, and I got a, 
I think it was either on Facebook, maybe it was on Twitter, maybe an email, I can't remember now, uh, sent us the news about the Asus Tinkerboard. Yeah, so this is kind of the Asus version of a Raspberry Pi. So it looks like they've tried to um, put a bit more beef into this. particular thing is, is HDMI 2 port with support for 4K video. Um, and they've got dedicated graphics hardware on their support 4K video. I, I I read this and I thought, why would you want to do 4K video on a device like this? But I guess, you know, it, I mean, it's much more expensive than Raspberry Pi. It's about $55. No, $68.55. Oh, yeah, $55, pounds. Pounds, $68. So it's a fair bit more. But I guess if you really want to do high-end video... On a, on a tiny device, then this is one to look at. Well, it has a quad-core 1.8 ARM Cortex, 2 gigs of RAM, 4 USB 2 ports, uh, support yes. for gigabit LAN, and Bluetooth 4.0, 3.5-inch millimeter audio jack, micro SD slot, micro USB for power, mm-hmm. swappable uh, 802.11 Wi-Fi antennas, and an HDMI 2 port, which support, with support for 4K video. Yeah, I, I mean it, it. It has a little bit more beef, not a huge amount more more beef, apart from the um, the graphics card, um, than a Raspberry Pi three. The Raspberry Pi three is roughly equivalent in terms of CPU. Um, this this has a little bit more RAM. This has two gigs rather than one. Um, it looks very much like a Raspberry Pi three, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and yeah, you know, interesting that that people are trying to get into the, this this space. Um, I, there's nothing here in the in the kind of notes that have been released on it about what the software support is like. Um, right. Can I take a, a, an image that I built for Raspberry Pi and run it natively on this, or am I going to yeah, have exactly. to recompile? You know, do you, uh, yeah, it apparently supports Debian Linux, but, you know, supporting Linux and actually having, you know, images that work and ready to go is, is a different... I, I'm not opposed thing. to getting one of these and, and porting one of my images over, and... Obviously, for that me, that means the RetroPie images that I've been tinkering with, because I really haven't done anything other than the RetroPie stuff with my Raspberry Pi. I, I'm going to be doing more, but I just haven't got around to it, to be honest, because um, I'm working a lot in my Mac and tech fan and kids and wife and dogs and, yeah, all that stuff, um, and occasionally eating in there. I've lost some weight, by the way. Yeah? Yeah. Good. I'm about 20 pounds lighter than... When you saw me in at Maxac wow. in uh, summer of sixteen, twenty pounds—that's a lot. But yeah, it is. Well, you walk a lot on uh, selling cars. Yeah, <laughs> you uh, wouldn't think so. So here's the weird thing: I I do a lot of walking. I'm working in London, and I walk pretty much everywhere. Uh, I know from my watch that I'm getting plenty of exercise, but I don't seem to be losing any weight. It's very concerning. Uh, I I know why. Why is that? Stop eating so much. No, I'm not eating a lot either. That's, well, it's, that's it's on what you're eating, though. Huh? It's what you're eating. No, I, I've, it's, well, I've looked at what I'm eating. I'm, I'm not, my, my diet is not too bad, but I'm still not losing weight. I don't know why. Hmm. What do you drink a lot of? Water, diet soda. Yeah. Really, really. Hmm. I don't know. Coffee. Drink a lot of coffee. Do you sugar it? No. No? Creamer? I can't have sugar in anything because I'm diabetic. So. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so I I really don't eat an awful lot of sugar now. So yeah, there's some there's got to be a reason if you're getting all that exercise walking and walking is a an awesome exercise. Yeah. Um, 
there's going to be a reason. I mean, some of it's going to be hereditary. You're just going to have those genes that say, hey, let's pack this uh, human up with a little bit more of these fat bubbles, and yeah. he's going to need it someday. And you're like, no, I don't need it. Stop doing that. But, you know, your cells don't listen. Um, that's the problem with this world. Cells just don't listen. Well, that's the whole point. I mean, they're separate, right? They don't communicate, yeah. so you, you can you can get rid of one cell, but there's five other cells out there that you don't know about, and they don't know about each other. Um, we went a rabbit hole there. Yeah, uh, this I think this is an interesting product. Yeah, I I don't know Somebody if I want to spend the money to find out will it play some of the more demanding PS One games that I can't really play with my Raspberry Pi. If it did that, I would definitely be interested in this. Get like a 64-gig card and load it up with 50 good PS1 games. That would be fun. That would be great. Yeah. But, nah. Is this going to be embraced by the community is the question. Well, this is the thing. That's what somebody says is they they say, you know, these these boards are only as good as the community to support them. Um, So that's 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 an issue. Now, that's not to say if this... Uh, if, if this board is particularly good at doing one thing, then a community wouldn't embrace it. But uh, the, the advantage the Raspberry Pi has is that there's lots of very knowledgeable people out there doing all sorts of things with it and then sharing that. So it's the company behind the Raspberry Pi has captured the the mindshare when it comes to the Tinker Society, if you will. You know the yeah. the hackers, well, not the hackers, but the the gadget guys like us. Mm-hmm. And we're just barely that. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I. Here's my question. If it's not widely supported, and you have to modify a lot of the existing code that runs natively and perfectly on the Raspberry Pi for this thing, I think most people just hold out for the next, for the Raspberry Pi 4. Well, this is this is the issue, is that, it almost looks like Asus has come into this saying, oh, the Raspberry Pi is great, but what it really needs is a bit more performance. People don't buy these things for performance because, let's face it, in, compared to even the uh, the cheapest of modern computers, these things are massively behind in power. Sure. But that's no, they, they're, not, they're not about power. In, in, in fact, that's, that's part of the problem with modern computing. We have so much computing power that it's very easy to write sloppy code, lazy code, inefficient code um, and stuff that kind of weighs a system down. It's kind of weird, really, that we have multi-core processors in our computers. And, uh, yeah, the batteries last longer and everything, but actually a lot of what we're doing is the same we were doing on computers 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> you know? You're still right. writing emails, still browsing the web, still writing documents and spreadsheets and that sort of thing. And yet you would have thought we'd be designing nuclear power stations with what we have compared to what we had 20 years ago. Um, so the, yeah, they, these these little boards. It's not about performance, um, and yeah, as I say, I I kind of struck. The problem with 4K video is it's huge data storage requirements. Yeah, and this so, has got 64. Well, up to 128 gigabyte SSD card. Or yeah, SD and you card. Can, all right, you can plug uh, a hard drive over USB, but they're only USB two. Right. So what you know? How how are you going to process and run 4K video through this thing when it's got um, streaming yeah well, yeah but I'd, 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 I'm sorry I struggle to see quite what this is aimed at um, and you know but having said that I don't have one I don't know how to use one uh, I don't know these are available yet 
So um, yeah, it's just been announced. I don't think it's out yet. I'm I I'm curious if somebody wants to send me one. I'm I'd be happy to play with it, but I don't know. I don't think I would. I don't think I would spend my own money. I I no. It's just not. It's not offering me anything that I'm not getting right now with the Raspberry Pi three. Now, if this didn't say Asus and it said Raspberry Pi four, I would want one. Yeah, but then you'd be getting all the support that goes with exactly. being a Raspberry Pi. That's my yeah. point. Yeah. But I would get one because it does have more power. I do have some games that a little flaky because it's just not, and I said it in the last episode, it's not enough horsepower for the emulation that it's running, where maybe this would, twice the RAM. And Funnily enough, I, I was looking at the RetroPie website earlier on today, and um, when you download, obviously that, that um, file that you shared with me is something somebody's customized. It has everything in the kitchen sink in there. Uh, when you buy, when you download RetroPie directly from um, their website, they actually don't have all the emulators enabled because they've op- they've looked at the ones that work best right. in their distribution, and so that's part of the reason as well. And this goes back to what I'm saying: is sometimes it's about code optimization and almost. Re- <coughs> re- redeveloping some of these emulators to work in this system rather than just throwing more ho- horsepower into it to hope that it performs better. Yeah. Um, you know, because sometimes it's not just about raw performance. It's about IO or it's about something else in the system that causes stuttering or slowdown or crashes or whatever. I did have a few emails. Um, some of them are from people who know me because they sent it to Tim or publisher at my Mac instead of, the show at techfanpodcast.com. Yeah. Uh, but I did, I think we had two that came to the tech fan address uh, asking for the links. And uh, I believe I sent both versions that we talked about the, the smaller one, which has the video game previews and then the much larger one, which doesn't have the previews, just box art pictures of the games, which are, disingenuous for 90% of the games. It's like, it, it doesn't look like that cover at all. Yeah. The, the Atari 2600 had beautiful covers and none of the gameplay was anything like those covers. Yeah. Um, you know, combat shows, World War II fighter plane, and then you're a, you're a eight pixel square thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. And, yeah, they, yells, and your bullet's the same Vengi, size. I always remember had this kind of incredibly ornate looking kind of fly like alien which was it was a really cool cover right but the game didn't look anything like no but i will say yars revenge is a fan it's one of the best 2600 games of all time yeah Yeah. fantastic um so i did send the torrent link to a couple people uh only one person replied after i sent that torrent link and that was neil and neil wrote in the early stages of looking at the 13 gigabyte image I need to get a 64 SD to test the other, which I will get tomorrow. Let us know how that went, Neil. I do like the video previews on this version. Need to switch off the smoothing on some of the emulations, though. I'm using using it with an old PS3 controller, so that would be Bluetooth. Uh, Works like a treat right from the startup. The loading screen is very cool. It is, isn't it? Um... More later when I have played some more. Hooked on Joust at the moment. Great game. Going to try to get in two-player mode with my mate to see how it holds up. Little does he know uh, I am a champ at it. Ever since my Atari 800 days, 
Uh, but I won't let on until I have beaten him first. <laughs> <laughs> I liked Joust. Joust was a, a it, man. It, it was kind of brutal, though. I mean, it's a yeah, game it of a tough game. Of well, millimeters. Was from Williams and all those Williams games were hard. Yeah, Defender, Joust. Yeah, they made some tough games, but good ones too. Yeah. You don't want them too easy, but you also don't want them too hard. Uh, I would get tired of playing Joust in the arcade, though. Slapping that flappy button to ugh. Just get a just yeah. get a millimeter above your enemy and take them out. And that Joust is a fun game. Yeah. Very distinctive sounds. I always liked the sound of Joust when you were playing it. That you know, yeah. and then pew, I like Joust. That's a fun game. Um, so the question, really, number one, thank you very much, Neil, and anybody else who has downloaded uh, that requested the torrent link file. Hit me up in the email. I'll send it to you as well. Uh, let let us know what you think of it. Are you playing it? What you know? How how easy was it for you? Uh, Dave and I were very curious. Love to know what mm-hmm. you've. Did you download the sixty four one too? And uh, no, we, well, I was relying on my fa- new fast internet connection yeah. for that, which I haven't got. Right. And, so you gotta um, have to do it at work. I t- yeah, I tend to find that you know government departments take a rather dim view of you downloading game torrents on the yeah. corporate network. So uh, I didn't take that opportunity obviously hotel wi-fi sucks so what, I, what i'll probably have to do is get leave my computer here in the office running it over the weekend to download it yeah um you did download the other one though yeah but i, I didn't have a chance to really get it set up because i had i took my um raspberry pi with me this week and that monitor i talked about to get yeah, just for that reason but the issue i found out was that the the seven inch monitor i, I didn't it must have like uh, 800 by 600 res or something oh. like that. So when I tried to get the Raspberry Pi set up because I was setting it up from scratch, I just couldn't see the screen properly to run through the, the installation. So you um, gave up and get a different Well, I, Yeah, I decided that, that really the best thing to do is is to you know bring it to work, plug it into a proper monitor, get it all set up and going, and then, then it's good to go. So yeah. I need to do that as well. I have very little time at the moment. I hear you. Yeah, I, I've only played it maybe once since the last episode. I just haven't been, uh, you know what I've been, I actually have been playing a couple of video games. Well, one in particular, but I've played it quite a bit over the last week. And that has been Star Wars Battlefront. And I've been playing the split screen with my son Cole mm-hmm. on co-op. It's the survival modes. And basically you got to hold off the empire from doing something from multiple stages i think it's like eight stages and we also did a couple hero battles where i'm he always beats me i'll be like <laughs> vader because he always wants to be luke uh, yeah. i tried boba fett once but uh, you know it, it's a fun game it's you know he gets way excited when he beats dad um yeah. he gets way way excited when we're working together and he tends to run off and just start blasting at everything, and he doesn't see the stormtroopers right behind him. So I'll, I'll be a hundred paces back taking him out because uh-huh. I've got his back. You know, he's he's my yeah. boy. I gotta have I gotta help him. Um, it's fun. It's a it's so, a good time. Yeah. So the first time, uh, probably about four or five months ago, one of one of my uh, one of my wife's nephews came over from Israel and uh, he saw we had an Xbox in the living room so he asked to play Xbox and he started playing um, Call of Duty Modern Warfare uh, on it and uh, my, my son was there so he said Do you want to play with me so they started playing split screen multiplayer now Alexander had never played Call of Duty before 
and he really got into it. I mm-hmm. mean, he loved playing multiplayer. So then, you know, he kept on saying, oh, Dad, Dad, you've got to come play multiplayer Call of Duty with me. And then I found out when I played him is that what he'd been doing is he'd been playing himself uh, in split-screen mode, and he'd either set up a bot or he'd, uh, whatever he was doing. Anyway, he'd learnt all these maps backwards. Right. Purely so that when he played Dear Old Dad, he could blow Dad away. Yes. <laughs> Yep. So he knew all the best sniping spots. He knew where to put all these traps. He knew what all the um, all the with the, the the game mode we were playing. Basically, if you got a kill streak of five, then you got like an extra ability, like you know, a spy plane in the sky or something like that, and or weapons drops and stuff. So he knew all of this stuff, and I'm kind of running around trying to find him, trying to see him, and you know, get the occasional shots at him. And he he's kicking my ass. Yep. Um. And anyway, after about an hour of this. Yeah, well, I started to get the drop on him because I was starting to learn the level, you know. And uh, every time he killed me, I was freak. I was looking, uh, you know, kind of in the death throes. You can kind of move the camera around while right. you're lying on the ground. And I was right. Where was he? Well, what was he doing? Yeah, and of course it's split screen as well, so I can sneak a look at his screen when I get a chance. And so, uh, yeah, Dad made a bit of a comeback, and he didn't like that one bit. <laughs> yeah, Cole doesn't like it when I get him on something good. Like, he, he actually kind of gets a little angry. Like, oh, that's yeah, not no, fair. Alexander was the same. Because what would, would he would have? He collected this, these particular weapons that he really, really liked. So I would eventually I would kill him, and then I'd steal them off his body. So mm-hmm. I had the same weapons. Right. And then he'd go, no, no, that's not fair. You've got to let me kill you so I can get those back. Right, yeah. Cole does like, that, no. too. <laughs> Cole does that too. Well, yeah. Dad, you're supposed to go easy, <laughs> or you're supposed to let me win, dude. You just won the last four out of five. I finally won one. Yeah, yeah. He does the same thing. <laughs> it's uh, I don't know. They they want to beat you really bad, yeah. But they don't want to lose. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I tell you though, Battlefront. The graphics are just. It really does feel like Star Wars, and the graphics are top notch. It looks so good on the PS4, yeah. and uh, we're playing that co-op, you know, the survival one. Yeah. And Akbar will come on and tell you what's coming. So he's like, at at, at you know. Does he say it's a trap? N- no, he does. So Cole's like, oh my god, there's an ATST coming, Dad, and I'm like, oh, this would be kind of cool to see, you know, and. We'll blow it away, but it takes a whole bunch of hits. And Cole's got the rocket launcher, so I'm sitting there drawing its fire and, it, you know, taking my pop shots at it. And he comes up with a rocket launcher and hits it twice and blows it away. And then he's all excited because he killed it. And I'm like, well, yeah, but you couldn't have done that if I wasn't distracting it. Because yeah. he's tried this mode by himself, and he gets killed every time. But when he's got Dad with him that's, you know, drawing the fire of the big... Look, when you think of the Star Wars... At at and ATSTs, right? The at as the the big scary one, and the ATSTs the smaller one, so it's not as scary. When you're playing this game, and it's just you're you're seeing things at human level. When that ATST comes around the corner, holy crap, that thing is big and scary as hell. You're like, oh man, and it's just shooting at you. It's kind of lumbering, so you can kind of run between its legs real quick and pop it around from the back. Or you hide around a corner, and then it starts lumbering, and you you aim where you think its head's going to be, and then when it finally comes around that corner, you realize you're just aiming at its knee. <laughs> you're like, oh my god, that thing's huge! Shoot it, shoot it! <laughs> Cole, where are you with the la- with the rocket launcher? And he's over there killing stormtroopers, having a good time. I'm like, I'm drawing its fire. Get over here. <laughs> no, I always like again. I always thought with with that though, I, uh, those things look really cool. 
but actually practically having a walking tank you know when you when you can when you have the technology to make anything hover right <laughs> bit, i yeah. can get it <laughs> you've got something that you got something that they can shoot at that but, if you blow off then the things are going to fall over and die right but <laughs> when you play this game you realize that it's not so much about yeah they, it could hover but i think it's the intimidation factor of the empire makes this thing walking towards you slowly and it's boom boom when it steps and you're like oh my god this thing is huge and it's powerful and could they really make something that weighs that much float you know wouldn't it be easier if it just walked in rough terrain and and step on enemy and plus it's scary as hell when you're just a little rebel trooper and this big thing's blasting at you so I don't know. I, I the intimidation factor alone on either an at at or an ATST, it's 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 effective. I'll tell you wait for it. You can't get that game for the Xbox 360, can you? No, no. It's PS4 or Xbox One, but it really is. You know, maybe on a, the next holiday or something, somebody gets a PS4 for a son and. This would definitely be... Now, what I really yeah, want... You know, I can't do that, though, because of my crappy internet connection. Because the first thing a PS4 would do is try and download 50 gigabytes of updates. Yeah, that's true. It would uh, be like, see you in three weeks. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we'll, we'll play in, you know, when you're 18. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, what I really want is the Sony VR thing. Yeah. And Because I've watched this guy play it online. It's uh, the Death Star run in Sony VR. And so cool. he's got the goggles on and he's looking around and it's like he's in the X-Wing fighter. And I'm like, yeah. oh, I want that. It's like it's like that Star Wars game that we played at Galloping Ghost last year. Uh-huh. But it's realistic looking and yeah. it's immersive. That I could get into. That would be fun. Have you seen that that arcade one that's like Star Wars? I think it's called Star Wars Battle Pod. Yes, I've and seen it. I haven't played it. I've played it. Um, I mean, it, it's a great game. It sucks in that, um, you know, this is the the nature of our modern times. Is that if you do the the Death Star attack, mm-hmm. you put it's quite it's normally quite expensive. It's normally a couple of bucks to play. You you put it in, you're playing and and you're playing through it, and you you do the whole trench run and everything, and it is incredibly immersive. And then you blow up the Death Star, and you think, right, on to the next level, and it's like, no, you're done. You, got, really? if you want to play? If you want to play anymore? You got to pay again. It's uh, like that sucks. Yeah, my my problem with and by the way, this the Star Wars VR part of Battlefront is free. Yeah. So if you own Battlefront, you can download free this the VR part. Problem is oh, the right. Sony VR thing is four hundred dollars. It that's more than a PS4. I, I can't. Headset. That's just the heads. Well, I think it's the headset and the the tracking thing. And I don't think you have to buy anything extra. But that's four hundred dollars. I, I I can't justify that. I just I no. I cannot see myself spending four hundred bucks. Not for that. I you know what I I didn't even know it was out. I mean, it's not. It's really super hard to get. It's it's well, it's because they haven't made enough. Um, when they ship them, they're immediately sold. You you won't find one on a store shelf. And what if you is, go to like Amazon, it? it's Japanese out of these companies and doing that. Well, with this, I think this is really complex hardware that it does take time to make them, and they are ramping up. It can't be harder <clears> to make than an iPhone. 
I don't know. There's a lot of stuff involved in that in those VR headsets. Um, and I know Sony is trying to ramp up production. Sony is not known for artificially constraining a channel to drive demand. That's not what Sony. That, <coughs> Nintendo. <laughs> that's that's exactly what I was going to say. I was actually in for my birthday. Cole wanted me to get a second PS4 controller so we could play Battlefront. So yeah. Of course, I went to GameStop and bought myself my Christmas present, which then I gave to them so they can wrap and I can unwrap it and go, oh, look, I got a PS4. I got a blue one. And uh, while I was there, I asked this guy, I said, uh, have you got any more of those? Uh, or No, I said, uh, do you sell out of your initial Switch pre-orders? And he goes, oh, yeah, like 10 minutes. I was like, yeah, it's going to be a while before you can just walk into a store and buy one. He goes, Oh no! Nintendo's going to make as many as they can. They they don't want to lose sales by not having on store shelves. I said, sure they are. They did it with the Wii. They just did it with the NES Classic. He yeah. goes, Nintendo's not stupid. They they want to sell as many as they can. I said, no. What they want to do is drive demand. So there's lines because that's free PR. No, that's not what they, Nintendo doesn't do that. And I thought. Okay, 18-year-old who doesn't know shit about video games, but you've been working here for three months, so you're a freaking expert. Even though I've been in this industry as a game player or writing about or talking about it for 35 freaking years, what do I know? Yeah, and and the other thing with the Switch, Nintendo doesn't want to sell too many of them right now because there's no software for it. Exactly. And, and But even if there was, Nintendo, for the first year of any other products, the hardware products... They artificially constrain the channel to drive demand. That is their MO. It's been their MO since the NES days. They did it with the Super Nintendo. They did it with the N64. They did it with the GameCube. It backfired on the GameCube because nobody wanted it. Everybody wanted a PS2 at the time. Uh, They did it with the Wii. Remember how hard it was to get a Wii at the beginning? Yeah. Yeah. And, And they did it with the Wii U. That didn't work out as well because it was underpowered from the 360 and it was supposedly the next generation and they're going to do the exactly the same thing with the switch because the switch has a huge amount of positive vibe coming into it i guarantee you it will still be hard to get by this coming holiday season 11 months from now there'll still be lines to get a switch because you heard that they're going to be in stock at target i guarantee you it's going to happen by August, I won't be able to walk into a store and just buy a Switch. Not going to happen. That's that's Nintendo's MO, and they suck for it. They're, I think the Switch looks brilliant, but I who knows until you actually get it. The new Zelda game looks fantastic, but who knows until you actually get it. But I ain't going to be able to get it because... And it's only, what, $299? Yeah. $249, $299, something like that. I'm not going to yeah, be able to buy it. But having said that, it's... If it's competing with the other consoles, um, and they have so much more soft, really good quality software for them, I, you know, it's still. But the problem with Nintendo is they're always they're always catering to their core audience, and they never seem to want to push beyond that. Um, with the with the software they they produce, you know, they 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 make it very difficult for third party developers to work for the system, and so you know you get the same games over and over again, and and yeah, they're all great, and they're you know the, these guys are master at designing and producing games and i'm sure the next legend of zelda game will be amazing but uh, it's it's a it's it's a self-constraining market you know it's not it's, they're not they're not going to break out like that and i mean even with the wii they broke out the wii and then they kind of fluffed it yep 
<sighs> All right, let's wrap up this episode. We will uh, be back in a week. Uh, hopefully, we've said this before, we'll have Larry on. He actually would have had time today, David. Uh, he emailed me yesterday, and unfortunately, I got busy. I forgot about it until right before we started recording, and then realized, oh, well, I guess we're not going to have Larry on it, because I didn't respond to his email from yesterday. All oh, right. That's my well, fault. It's done. It's easily done. Yep. Yep. We've got to get him on. I want to talk about the deck. So... With that, we're going to wrap up this episode of Tech Fan. Love your feedback. Tech, uh, the show at techfanpodcast.com. Follow us at techfanpodcast on Twitter, of course. Listen next week for the next cast or the next pod. <laughs> so stupid. Yep. All right. See you, David. See you, David.